Hi there, friends. Welcome to the Still Becoming Podcast, a place where women like you and me find help to move from where you are to where you want to be. I'm your host, Laura Acuna. The Still Becoming Podcast is where we gather to rethink our thinking about ourselves, our lives, and about our God. We will learn to reframe our shame and trade in limiting beliefs for the liberating truth from God's Word. And why the title Still Becoming? Because that's the Christian journey, isn't it? As we apply God's perfect Word to our lives for growth and change, we are always growing, always learning, and still becoming the women He created us to be. It's never perfect, and it's not too late. Do I need to say that again? It is never perfect, and it is not too late. I am so glad you're here for the journey, and I'm praying that God will speak directly to you through today's episode. Are you ready? Let's go. Well, this is episode nine of the Still Becoming podcast. We have one more to go after this, episode 10, and then season one will be done. I can't believe it. We've been together now over nine episodes. Thank you for coming back. And as always, if you're new to the Still Becoming podcast, I'd love for you to start with episode one. My episodes build one on top of the other. And to give you a clear picture of the content of this podcast, particularly season one, I'd love for you to begin at the beginning. If you happen to be listening to this episode on the day it's actually released and uploaded onto the listening platform, today is December 13th, 2022. And it's a very special day for me because it is the day that my book, Still Becoming, Hope, Help, and Healing for the Diet-Weary Soul, is released to the public. Now, it's been available on pre-order for quite some time on Amazon and Barnes & Noble and other online booksellers, but today is the day that it's released and people can purchase it for real. I don't even know what to think about such a thing. It's been such a long time coming and it's all new to me. I'm excited and terrified all at the same time. But honestly, what's been going through my mind over the past few days is how did I get here? How did this happen? And so I'm titling this episode Backstory and Tipping Points because I want to share with you some things that I don't share in the book. And I want to also hopefully help you see yourself in my story. As you know, at the beginning of every single episode in season one, I say to you, it's never perfect and it's not too late. And if you hear anything from me today, what I want to share with you from the bottom of my heart, sister, is that it's never perfect and it isn't too late. It's not too late for you. It wasn't too late for me. God is never, ever stopping writing your story. So let me share a little bit with you about how I got here. If you remember back in episode one, I shared with you that my shame story began when I was 11 years old. I entered the seventh grade at 100 pounds and about five feet tall. And by the time I left junior high school just a few years later, I'd gained over 100 pounds. And it was like a bomb went off in my life and everything changed. And through the book and through this podcast, as I've been sharing parts of the book, I've explained to you how it played out in my thought life in my spiritual life, in my false belief about God and his intentions toward me. But there's also other parts that were impacted by all that weight gain that I haven't shared in the book and I haven't shared with you here on the podcast. One of the ways 
that gaining all that weight greatly impacted my life was in school. When I began my public school education in kindergarten, teachers right away started affirming to my parents that I was a bright and gifted child. My parents heard it all the time. They tested me every kind of which way, and I came out high on stanines and IQs, and I don't know what all. I had good grades, well-behaved child, and teachers told my parents that the sky was the limit for me, that she can be whatever she wants to be when she grows up. She's that bright. But at 11 years old, when I gained 100 pounds and that bomb went off, my entire school life changed too. I went from being a good student, an excellent student with potential, to failing. Back then, when I look at it now, I understand that back then, little was known about disordered eating. Most girls that had eating disorders had anorexia or bulimia. We didn't really know much about the most common form of eating disorders, which is disordered eating. We also didn't understand that a person can be gifted and also have a learning disability. We didn't understand about depression and anxiety. And we really didn't understand a whole lot about good old ADD. I know now that most girls present with ADD in junior high or middle school, boys, elementary. And when I look back on my childhood now, I understand that all of those things came into play in my life, but I didn't know it then. And so back in 1970, I call them the dark ages, when all this happened to me, the general consensus from educators and my parents who were listening to the educators was that she's so bright. Everything is so effortless for her that if she really wanted to pass school and do well in class, she would. Through it all, I maintained pretty good grades in English and social studies, but miserably failed in science and math. I did really well in my music classes and theater classes and electives, but I didn't do well in anything that had numbers or calculations or formulas. Again, the general consensus was. If you can get a B in English, you can get a B in math. I know now that's not the way it works, but I didn't know it then. And quite honestly, my parents and educators didn't know it then either. When I left junior high school, I was hoping that high school would change everything. And that was when I began thinking that my external circumstances would fix what was broken in me. And that's fantasy thinking because I carried all those issues into high school and they only got worse. And by the time I got to my senior year, I graduated by the skin of my teeth, was fully unprepared to go to college, didn't have the grades anyway, and ended up going to my local community college where I spent four years trying to get a two-year degree and I didn't even come close. I finally gave up and quit with a handful of electives and a whole, whole bunch of failures. I challenge any of you to show me a more dismal-looking transcript. I wasted my parents' money. I wasted everyone's time, and when I finally quit at age 22, I was a mess. I tried for so long to get back to the real me, that bright girl that had so much potential that people were happy with and pleased with. I tried so hard, but nothing worked, and I was lost for a really, really long time. And I'll tell you the truth, if Jesus hadn't been my best friend during all those years, and he was, I don't know if I would have made it. I had so many limiting beliefs. I believed I was a failure. I believed I was a shame. I believed there was nothing left for me. I believed I'd blown it so badly 
that it was over. I honestly believe that God at one time had a plan and purpose for my life, but because I'd blown it so many times and disappointed him so much that he said to me, you know what, Laura, I had a plan A life for you and it was awesome, but I can't work with this and I can't work with you. So here's plan B, do with it what you can. Now, I know God never said that to me. I know that now, but I didn't know it then. And I lived under that limiting belief system and so much shame for decades. The change for me began when I started to participate in women's Bible studies in my early 30s. And over time, I kept applying God's word to my life for growth and change over and over and over again. It took time. And these were deeply rooted beliefs, deeply rooted beliefs that took a lot of time to dig up and to get rid of. I went to therapy during those years as a young mother and then as a mother of middle schoolers and teenagers, and it helped me a lot. It helped me to line up my thinking with the truth from God's word. And then finally, took a long time, at age 50, the Lord really impressed upon me that it was time to return to college and do what my 18-year-old self could not do, finish my education. There's a long and winding story that got me there, but God is so incredibly faithful. I was terrified to go back to school. I was so terrified. I actually had nightmares that I would return to school and fail all over again. But he reminded me over and over again that he was going to go with me. And so one day we took off together and went to the college that I failed so miserably from. I faced that horrible transcript. I signed up for my first class. And five years later, at the age of 55, I graduated from Liberty University with a degree in Christian counseling and a minor in biblical studies. And I graduated summa cum laude. Now, if you don't remember or know what that means, it means that I had a 4.0. I had straight A's for every single class I took, and I began with English 101. Only God. Only God. So listen, it isn't perfect. It takes time but it's not too late. It is not too late. I know what I'm talking about. Our God is faithful. He is a redeemer and a restorer and a repairer of broken thinking, broken hearts, and broken dreams. He's done all that for me, and he can for you too. Well, friends, I'm so excited to tell you that my new book, Still Becoming, Hope, Help, and Healing for the Diet-Weary Soul, has just been released. You can find it on my website, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, ChristianBook.com, and other online retailers. Still Becoming is a 31-day devotional journal that takes you on a sacred journey where you'll discover true freedom and that healing and peace have nothing to do with the number on the scale. Join me and learn to rethink your struggles with disordered eating, body image, and dieting through the lens of self-compassion and God's grace. Right after I graduated from college, a very well-meaning therapist said to me, you know, now that you've graduated, you've got your degree, all that's fixed, I think the weight is just going to fall off of you now because you've solved all the problems. You have had a major success, and that will transfer over to losing the weight. Well, even then, you know, I was hoping she was right, but I knew she wasn't. 
because by then I'd had enough therapy. I'd done enough work on myself. I understood enough to know that the weight wasn't the issue. It was my thinking about the weight and about my body and about myself that was the issue. And so I knew that had to be addressed, but honestly, I just put it off for another whole year. And then about a year after I graduated from college, my mother died suddenly. Losing your mother is profound. There's nothing like it. There's no other loss like it. I remember someone saying, losing your mother is the first sorrow wept without her. And I thought, that is so true. Losing your mother is profound. And it was for me. I was in so much pain, but I couldn't deal with my grief because I had a widowed dad and he needed tremendous emotional and physical support. And so I knew I was putting my grief to the side. I had to while I dealt with my father in those early months. But I thought to myself, hopefully once summer comes, I can carve out a little bit of time for myself and I can grieve my mom properly. I knew that was a healthy thing to do. But in early July of that same year, just three months after my mother died, my best friend died also. It was sudden, just like my mother, out of the blue sky. Mary Lou and I had been best friends since we were about a year old. Her father was my pastor growing up. We went to church together. We went to school together. We stayed close all the way through our lives. She was maid of honor in my wedding, godmother to my middle son, and I had just seen her a month earlier when we'd had one of those long girlfriend lunches that last from lunch to dinner time. And now she was gone too. It was like losing my mother and my sister at the same time. I have no biological sisters. I've been blessed with wonderful sisters-in-law and my sisters in faith are, oh, they're just the best. But Mary Lou was like a biological sister to me and she was gone. And I remember saying to God when she died, it's too much. This is just too much. And he said to me in my spirit, you're right. It is too much for you, Laura. Give it to me. Over the next month, I was in so much emotional pain that I couldn't stuff it anymore. You know what I'm talking about? That's what I've done my whole life is stuff my emotions with food and distract myself in other ways. But this time, it was too much for me to stuff. And I knew instinctively that I had to surrender this part of my life And I had to get serious help for the mental and emotional health issues around my issues with my body, with disordered eating, and my very unhealthy relationship with food. And so I found a therapist who specialized in women like me, and we started to get to work. And the result of all that work, I used to tease her that I was her model client because I did everything she told me to do. I went through a long time of trauma therapy with her, EMDR, if you know what that is, which is a wonderful therapy for traumatic memory. We worked on family systems therapy. We did all kinds of different things to help me get well. And it worked. With God's help and with this beautiful and brilliant therapist, I was able to become free. My tipping point, my pain point sent me over the edge. And who was waiting for me? Jesus with his arms wide open, saying, give it to me. You have fought all of this long enough. Give it to me. And so my question for you is, what's your tipping point? God never wastes a hurt. He takes these painful situations in our lives and he uses them to sanctify us, to mature us and to grow us up to look more like his son. And as we become more and more like Jesus, we become set free. 
My book, Still Becoming, Hope, Help, and Healing for the Diet-Weary Soul, is the result of that work between myself, my therapist, and Jesus. And all glory goes to Him. It's my deepest hope and desire that you will come to your tipping point and that you will surrender whatever is hurting you today, whatever is getting in the way of you becoming your true self again. Give it to Him. Give it to Him. And now for the soul fitness exercise for today. When I got to my tipping point, I remember saying to God, I cannot do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. I can't diet, lose the weight, and gain it back. I can't keep stuffing my emotions with food. I can't keep hating my body. I can't do it anymore. What can't you do anymore? Are you at your tipping point? If so, you are in the perfect position to surrender to God and let him do his sanctifying work in you. Take your journal, answer those questions, and sit before God in a selah, in a pause, and let him speak to you. And now let me pray. Lord, your word says in Zephaniah 3.18, The accumulated sorrows of your exile will dissipate. I, your God, will get rid of them for you. You've carried those burdens long enough. Lord, I declare today over my sisters who are listening to this podcast that they have carried those burdens long enough and that you will get rid of them for them. Father, I pray that each woman can be honest and open with herself and with you about what she can't do any longer. And Lord, in my heart, I'm full of joy when I pray this because I know who's waiting for her on the other side of her surrender. You. You. Thank you, Jesus, our healer. Thank you, God. Amen. Well, friends, it's hard to believe that our next episode, episode 10, will be the last one for season one. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast today so that you'll be alerted when episode 10 appears. And also you will be one of the first to know when season two begins in early 2023. Make sure you check out the show notes as well. I'll have links posted there so that you can learn more about my book still be coming and other ministry going on with me. And then finally, I just wanna thank you again for being here. I'll see you next time on the Still Becoming podcast.